0: Oran, what's going on today? What's really going on today?
1: Uh, well, depression because uh, Better Call Saul ended and the rehearsal ended. So oh my it's God. just, But but other than that, uh, we have a guest today, uh, Nick Grasso, um, podcaster and YouTuber. And uh, hey, Nick, it's it's really awesome to have him on. So I just thought um, I would let him introduce himself, tell tell me a little bit about what he does. And, and all that jazz
2: yeah thank you for having me guys yes i'm, I'm Nicolo grasso but everyone can call me nick um i am uh, an up-and-coming independent filmmaker italian of origin so i apologize for the accent early on <laughs> you never know how i'm going to pronounce certain words uh but yes what i do basically is short experimental projects and on the side I have a YouTube channel where I publish short films, video essays, and my podcast, primarily the Death by podcast that I started, where I, you know, like every month I pick two books and together with a friend we just compare and contrast them against their cinematic adaptations, which is a fun time. And also I co-host the Anka Gems podcast, where we talk about movies nobody else wants to talk about, the very underrated gems from the 80s, 90s. And all that good stuff. But I'm also a gamer. Like I'm a big, big gamer. So I'm super happy to just put on the side all of the movie talk and just delve into gaming conversation for once. <laughs> so wait, it should be awesome. Fun.
1: Yeah, I actually didn't know that you were much of a gamer until I was looking at some of your recent YouTube output. And I was like, oh my gosh, you, you did a video game adaptation video. Yeah. So I was like, oh god, I, I, I should talk to this guy. <laughs> Uh, It's funny, too, because we kind of go way back because uh, I think I followed you on Letterboxd like four years ago or something. Time flies. I've been following your reviews. Yeah. (laughs) Time flies. It's wild. But anyway, it's so great to have you on. Super happy to be here.
0: Cool. All right, guys, something groundbreaking happened. Something so important that we all have to talk about it. Warren, do you know what happened?
1: Can uh, you guess? I already told you what happened, but that's no, no. Fine. no. What am
0: I referring to? What could be so uh, important that I have to emergency break the show notes to talk about it?
1: There was, there's a list.
0: Yeah, there's a list. Uh, I just, just for the record, I have like a real love hate relationship with lists. I know we make them and they're fun, but I also think that they're horrible. Um, so let's mm. talk about this list. Uh, the best, the best. First-person shooters by GameSpot.
1: Uh-oh, this is Uh-oh. gonna get really. Is this bad? just all, this all get... shooters in, in any... <laughs> Jeez, is it single it's single player?
0: It's or is it the best first-person shooter campaigns. Sorry, okay. Campaigns. okay, gotcha. Full stop. That's okay. that's that's, that's the, the headline.
1: Is number one rightfully Titanfall two? <laughs> to be half. Uh, I was say. No,
0: number <laughs> one. Well, there's no like number. There's no. There's no okay. like uh, nice. order, but the first entry is is a bit of a. Uh, I don't know. Problem, I think it's Halo 2.
3: Halo 2?
1: Hmm. Whoa, of wait, wait which wait, which number is that? Two, the wrong one. Halo 2 is number two. Are you serious? You no. Know,
0: that's what's the first entry on the list. There's no order, but Just uh, a so it starts with Halo 2. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then we got I, Doom 2016, which which you know, okay. that's cool. <clears throat> Wolfenstein, that's a the new order. Yeah, that's a good one. I'd say, Wolf 2, but... super hot. Is yeah, sure. That's a
2: choice. Yeah,
0: yeah. Super Half-Life Alex.
3: Mm. Half-Life Alex is incredible.
0: Yeah. Yes. Uh, COD4 Modern Warfare.
3: No. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Titanfall Two. A. Hey. Bioshock. Hmm. Metroid Prime. I'm Not sure. Is that a shooter? Does that count, guys? Is this <laughs> is this a like borderline? Technically, yeah. it's
3: a first-person perspective, yeah. but it's like a Metroidvania. Uh, this,
0: is a,
1: this is a pretty long list. Metro Exodus. Not a, it's not ranked.
0: <laughs> Far Cry 3. Deathloop. <laughs> crisis oh. 2. This is another like where they put the wrong fucking game. Like, they should have put Crisis 1. <laughs> crisis 2. Not the best Crisis. Um, Fear, of course. Okay. And Deus Ex.
2: So, oh, the original, yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, fans of the podcast will know what, what's immediately glaring to me. That would be uh, stalker. stalker. There's no Stalker. Yeah. Still very underrated.
3: No. They got a lot of the good ones though.
1: <laughs> they did not they a tumble list. No, nope. nope. I, I think I think it's okay. I, it's honestly, okay. like they just have some like weird choices, like Halo Two. Yeah, Halo and Crisis Christ Two are very, very strange.
3: Yeah. Yeah. They put the wrong sequels. I would also put on I don't know, Goldeneye or Perfect Dark, one of those.
0: I yeah, love those There's nothing from the '90s on here. There's no System Shock. There's yeah, no, no, no classic Doom. Doom unreal. Doom there's 1, no,
2: no. So recency bias, a little bit. Yeah, even even yeah. Modern Warfare. I guess it's more for historical purposes <laughs> that's on it. It's like yeah, it was the first one that kind of reshaped the franchise. Mm. But then it's like yeah, yeah but there's for, probably right? some better ones here and there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Or what happened? What's going on with Hideo Hideo? It must be and Sunday, I yeah. Gosh. That guy, what's he doing?
1: Um, well, it's uh, I believe last week with the was the eighth anniversary of PT, which is uh sad because you know we could have got this amazing horror game out of it, but as we all know, Konami canceled it and uh, it just never got made. And um, I don't know, I just think it's like a moment of reflection for. Um, a video game that was just a demo PT and people still, c- people consider it one of the scariest, if not the scariest video game ever made. And it's just a demo. Mm. Um, so, uh, one little fu- funny thing that happened, Guillermo del Toro, um, tweeted on Twitter. He he tweeted, um, FK. That's all he tweeted. Do you guys know what FK means? <laughs> Fuck now, an, uh... oh fuck
0: Konami, right <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: yeah so anyway i think i thought that was an interesting story just because um like for me personally uh, silent hills was one of the most painful cancellations if not the most can- painful um i really wanted to play that game and it was mm. so disappointing when it got canceled so yeah, yeah, my quick question
3: yeah. on that did you play pt and never played it
1: yeah, okay. no, oh, yeah. No, I Arm played played, PT. It.
3: You played it.
1: Yeah, that game was scary as fuck. I like I, I it was it was too much, but I loved it. <laughs> it was incredible.
2: It was one of the last like proper communal experiences I remember with people online, with gaming. It's like everyone's trying to figure out in the first twenty four hours what's happening, what's going on? All the live streams, all the videos just popping up. It was insane. Like feeling nostalgia for it's crazy. It's, it's been eight years. Hmm.
4: Uh,
1: yeah, it's hmm. um It really uh, took. uh, Usually, I mean, uh, horror games will usually trend on YouTube, but I feel like Amnesia and PT Mm. are two that really gripped YouTube for about two or three or four years. They did, yeah, yeah, um,
3: yeah. They definitely did. uh, Do you you think we had a great video about that? Sorry, I think it was a a chance? Uh, Oh, thank you. That PT. (laughs) This is this is devil's advocate here, so bear with me. That maybe it was it was better as a demo. Like if they had made the full game, it may not have lifted the hype. Oh man, that's yes. likely. <laughs> uh, yeah. did, did you watch that video
0: I sent in the the text about Metal Gear Solid Two from Two Clicks Philip? No, he talks about uh, how. Yeah. Yeah he watched a, he, he couldn't he didn't have a playstation 2 so he had like a demo vhs of metal gear solid 2 that he watched for years mm-hmm. before he could play metal gear solid 2 so he didn't play metal gear solid 2 for like many many years so mm-hmm. it became this like mythological game in his mind based <laughs> right. off the demo that he watched <laughs> over fun. and over and over and over right. and then when he finally played it he's like oh it's great but he's like there's two games there's metal gear solid 2 in my head which is just this colossal game and then there's you know metal gear solid 2 I,
3: right that hype the hype so. in your head is always better than whatever reality could ever deliver yeah, in my experience. So I just wonder. Uh, I don't know. Not the not the yeah. poo poo PT because I bet the game would have been incredible. I I love. I mean, yeah. that like my favorite. You know. So. Just yeah.
1: I I I've heard arguments for that. Um, still, I think it would be really awesome if, um, just as a smaller game, Hideo Kojima, re-teamed with Guillermo del Toro for like just this unplayable six-hour horror game. <laughs> That yeah. would be so much fun. Like mm-hmm. I, I would, because you know, I know he's in that mindset of making these giant, like, death-stranding story games, yeah. which is awesome. But like, that would be cool if he found time to make just a shorter game that is so scary that it's basically unplayable. And if you beat it, wow! I can't believe <laughs> you
2: beat it. <laughs> Scarred for life, endless trauma. Yeah. Do you guys think it's exactly. actually possible? that This might be happening now because it's something that's been brought up year after year. Like every time, it's like it's the anniversary of PT. There's like a new post by Kojima. It's like oh, maybe the game is coming back. Like, may, is it happening? Will it ever happen? No, probably.
3: I don't think Konami cares. I think they mm. just, yeah. they just are like at the, end, the bottom line of money, and that's that's it. I mean, a lot of companies are, but I think Konami just doesn't.
1: Well, well I think Kojima. Like it was rumored that he was doing like a game in the 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 Death Stranding universe with Margaret Qualley, hmm. that might oh. be an FPS or a first-person horror game. Hmm. So that would be cool if he did that. I'd I'd be down with that. I play yeah,
0: that. Yeah, certainly some of the DNA could probably seep into other projects. Who knows? Maybe some of it did into uh, Death Stranding even.
3: That's what I was thinking because like the 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 BTS in that game are definitely have a Silent Hill kind of don't they? Yeah. Right?
2: Yeah.
3: Orin? Who will know? Yeah. But maybe yeah, there'll yeah. be a Pachinko
0: machine someday and we can go play Right, know, that's, that's e. just pachinko. what I, I,
3: that's like the ultimate, that's what I imagine happening. Like, it'll be like the mobile game, you know, it's time to help PT e. Mobile. It's going to be like, you know, you have to buy the gems to not die or something. I don't
0: know. Yeah, oh man. Uh, to I, open I, a new corridor.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I think Death uh, um, Death Stranding and PT definitely have some DNA. Like I, I think uh, um, all of Konami's stuff kind of does, uh, even the horror elements of the uh, of the MGS games. And yeah. I, I think uh, Kojima has a really unique perspective on it, and like I the think Sorrow? he would do something really cool. Yeah, I yeah. Think, I, I, it's a genre that I would love to see him tap into. It's kind of like when Steven Spielberg made West Side Story I'm like oh he should have been doing musicals his whole life like he, he just kind of like has the eye for blocking and for a musical so hmm. uh, I would like to see that yeah. from Kojima
2: embrace the horror of Kojima
1: hmm. yeah
0: alright um well hopefully something happens there what you guys see this ad There's this, the meme-tastic <laughs> ad Warren you want to tell me about this
1: Sure, I can (laughs) tell you about it. Um, So there was this Forspoken ad, which is this upcoming Sony game, right? And uh, basically, like, the main character is, like, the ultimate Joss Whedon character. Like, she's (laughs) constantly, like, referencing everything she's doing in a self-aware way. Like, oh my gosh, here I am in this magic world, and there are freaking dragons around, and I'm talking to a cuff! Like, like that's just how she talks, like a Joss Whedon character. <laughs> and uh, Sony ran an ad for it, and uh, it's been, <laughs> it's, there's been a lot of trolling in the comments because. But it's interesting because I think it's finally really uh, bringing up this whole idea of how it's called Jossification, how Joss Whedon has influenced screenwriting ethos for pretty much a de- decade now. Where every character is just has to be self aware and self referential and, like, kind of in a really annoying way. Like, Uh, sarcastic
3: and quippy. Yeah. 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 And, uh,
1: no, I mean, I, yeah, I don't really like Joss Whedon personally. um, But, like, I will say back in 2012, I guess that was fine. You know, that, but that, that style, it was fresh, but. Yeah. Yeah, I I can't take it anymore. What do you guys think? What do you think, Kevin?
3: (laughs) Well, we already know that I've complained about this in the pod specifically. Like, I (laughs) specifically have complained about this exact thing. So I I was thinking about it like, I was like, obviously, I have to stay in for this writing and I don't like it. And I was like, well, where did it come from? And I was like, it's probably, anyway. I could be wrong on this, but it seemed to me like kind of a a worst, the worst piece of like the 90s, like leftover. Mm -hmm. It's like a little bit like the Friends kind of like, you know, sarcastic, like, quirky like way that they talk to each other um not that mm-hmm. I hate friends but it's just I just think it's like it does feel like it's I hate <clears throat> friends I'll, a relic of like 90s style writing for sure like a, a certain yeah. style of sarcastic 90s characters but also the other thing I was thinking about and I was like the the, the the real other than the fact that I just don't like it but like what does it say like imagine like you, you strive your whole life to be a writer and you want to like really make an impact and you just like you're relegated to making this like just you know, homogenous product that like every movie has and every game now has. Like, I just feel like that's just like for the state of writing, and, and it just sucks. Like, like are they forced to make? Like, is this like the milestones the producers like want them to do, mm-hmm. or like do they just all love this style and they just want to write in this style? Like, is it just because it's marketable, or is it because like people uh, just like it?
1: I have a theory about this. I think it is like uh, you have these uh, producers in the room, right? And they're looking at this video game, and the video and the producers are like, "We need more humor. Insert humor into game. Like, like there's there's not enough humor." And like the the response to that is to just instead of making jokes or gags, they they just do the Joss Whedon thing right. and just do quippy characters. It feels very
3: lazy to me, and that's just my opinion. I'm not a writer, so maybe it's really difficult to write this. But <laughs> it feels <laughs> like okay, here's just an example. I'm gonna just mention this because even though it's controversial. Uh, I remember when I lost The Last Jedi, I felt like this movie was, the whole, whole movie was like this this style. Like, it didn't feel like the movie really was ever that serious. Everyone was kind of, like, goofy and, like, making jokes about stuff. And it just felt like weird writing. Like, it didn't feel accurate to what Star Wars was. And it was like, what, what, what who wrote this movie? And it was like, wait, it was the guy who wrote Knives Out, the Breaking Bad guy, The Fly? Like, It doesn't. I didn't feel like it reflected what his style was that I understood at least. And I'm not an expert of this Mm -hmm. guy, but like I'm just wondering if Disney was like, "This is what we want the tone of this movie to be. Like, make it like Marvel, you know, or make it like, you know." I think
0: it's more ground up than than like dictated by producers. I think it's like they're hiring people who write in that style. Okay, but does
3: does does does, uh? I'm sorry, I forget his name. Does he does he write the 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 Star Wars guy? Does he write? Doesn't his style isn't Ryan Johnson? Johnson? Right, yeah, Ryan Johnson. Is that his vibe? Is he a really Weedon, a Whedon esker. I don't think so. I,
1: I mean, I mean, Knives Out was like a pretty funny movie. Mm. I, okay. I was laughing yeah. pretty hard at that one. But um, but it's I don't not know. The same I'm kind of thinking, I'm kind of thinking more like just uh, modern day Marvel specifically. Totally. And also like like, but also like I mean, yeah, like the Last Jedi, but also the recent Star Wars TV shows like Obi Wan. yeah. Oh,
3: and... Yeah, I couldn't <laughs> yeah, watch I them know. for that reason. I'll be honest, it was like no.
1: No, the, what do you what do you think, Nick? As your your perspective, like uh, reviewing mo- movies, did you kind of see like this kind of Joss Whedon trend?
2: Yes, honestly, like I don't know how I missed this ad earlier in the week. I'm glad I missed it. This was painful. <laughs> it was really <laughs> really bad, worse than I could imagine. It's it's it feels like so studio mandated. Like it's not just Joss Whedon even, Like Deadpool, all of those like excessively yeah. self aware. Commercials trying to pander to modern audiences. Like the kids like these things. We've opened TikTok. We know what they like. Like this is not it at all. Uh, It has spawned cool memes. I'll say that. But but even then, like it's the the only negative thing is that like watching the actual gameplay that they show in the trailer, it looks pretty good. I was like, I I wish there was more trailer, more gameplay than this annoying voiceover with massive font (laughs) for the subtitles. Ugh this trend is not good i'd say it's not good for gaming it's not good for cinema um even, even i haven't seen *Bullet train but i know that has some of these elements as well always like yeah. cutting down the the drama and the intensity it's almost like you cannot have anything epic anymore without undercutting it with humor it's a shame it's a true shame it's it's and especially it's an insult to comedy writers there's so many good comedy video games out there right now and I really hope this is not the actual writing in the game. I hope it was just for the commercial they're going to backtrack after the controversy and just drop it. Mm. Yeah. Uh, don't watch Thor Love and Thunder anyone. Oh God. No. Yeah. I'm not in a rush. <laughs> <Just> <laughs>
1: that, that movie is the epitome of uh there will be like a serious emotional moment like Thor, I have cancer. <laughs> zombie cancer. <laughs> just like a dumb like joke. <laughs> Ego raptor <writer>, nice. <laughs> yeah, that was an, I blended two references together. <laughs> so, yeah, it was just um yeah, don't watch that movie.
0: All right. Well, uh but do watch that ad. I'll I'll cut the ad into the show so people can people yeah, can feel the collective pain. We can all cringe together.
3: (laughs) The only thing I think that's good about this potentially is maybe this is a a sign that people are sick of this style, and maybe they'll change it up a little bit, get some more variation. Hopefully, yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's going to feel dated, right? Like, every style becomes dated once, you know, a new generation comes around. So, hopefully, yeah, then we're going to have, like, this, like, decade of super serious humorless movies. (laughs)
3: bring it on maybe for that well
1: maybe. Uh, th- this is the last thing i'll say about this uh i saw top gun maverick which was a dope movie really highly recommend it and that movie the part of the reason why i liked it so much is because it was totally sincere mm. and it and, and when it made jokes they were jokes or like yeah. they were visual gags but like otherwise like tom cruise played it super straight and uh i want that was so refreshing
2: to see that it's making good money i think that's probably why it it could be a sign of people wanting something different from movies like making more money than the latest star top gun 2 no one could have predicted that Mm. yeah it's awesome
1: i'm uh uh, i love that movie Mm. and that's coming from someone who doesn't really like the american military at all i loved it (laughs) yep yep
0: all right uh i have to give that a spin one of these days uh, I guess we're talk about games. Games you've been playing.
1: Sure. Oh yeah. Uh,
0: I love it when I make a, a segue and I clear my throat during the segue. <laughs> Smooth. <laughs> uh, so who? So, Alone in the Dark. Nick, tell me about this. What you, you playing? The OG Alone in the Dark.
2: I'm playing like there. There has been the announcement of the new game coming out, like the the remake of the original Alone in the Dark. It's mm-hmm. back. The franchise is back after. A horrible, like a dark illumination from 2015, and I thought, you know what? I've always been familiar with this franchise, but I've never actually embraced it. And I saw it was super discounted on Steam. It was like two euros for the entire trilogy plus the 2008 remake, and it was also like one euro for the new Nightmare. I was like, you know what? Let's just let's just get them all. Let's just get them all and dive back into a little bit of retro gaming and more modern gaming. And this has been very fascinating to me. I remember, especially with the 2008 remake, I remember seeing the trailer for that in, in, a, in like a, a supermarket. They had this small gaming section with a TV screen on top of it. And they would play this trailer with like this ominous music. It was all very dark. You'd see this guy like using uh, chairs to light his way. I was like, what is this game? And so I always wanted to play oh. alone in the dark that remake from 2008 is not good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would consider yeah, it a yeah. guilty pleasure. It's like one of the jankiest games I've ever played on PC. Borderline unplayable, but it has a very interesting atmosphere. And so to, to then backtrack and be like, let's play the originals. Let's play it on DOS, like on DOS box, which, which, which is always a trip for me. Um, they don't hold up as well <laughs> because they are mm-hmm. the original survival horror games, but they're so mm-hmm. charming. And there's this sense of just... I think this is something you've also mentioned in previous episodes, just there's so much hand-holding going on nowadays in games. It's the trackers, it's the map, it's the objectives, like, it's everything, it's clusters, the screen, everything. And so to play this alone in the dark, where you just, oh, you're in an attic, I don't know what to do. After two minutes, monsters come in, they kill you. It's like, I I don't even know the controls yet, and just dead. It's, It's been refreshing, refreshing, albeit like very dated very very dated mm-hmm. like I'm glad Resident Evil took some of these took it as an influence to kind of improve upon it and then Silent Hill and all the others but um, it's a fascinating piece of gaming history I don't know if any of you guys have played the early earlier on in the darks
3: I've always no. wanted no the original Resident Evil I still hold is one of the best games ever made so I really want to play this game I know it's a huge it was like a, I know like Shinji Mikami like cited it as an influence on Resident Evil so yeah yeah. So does it feel like, like the horror elements or does it feel spooky like that has a lot of atmosphere and and Kevin, it has a look at YouTube of and atmosphere. watch a little bit yeah <laughs> sorry <laughs> look
0: it up on YouTube I've watched some videos on it I've watched okay. like full playthroughs it looks uh it-, it looks challenging but it looks awesome like how did you find the like moments of like the sort of like difficulty spikes like you were talking about at the very beginning honestly like attacked
2: right from the opening because it's it's such an odd control scheme that we're just mm-hmm. not used to because you take the original uh, Resident Evil. It's like, hey, you just point and shoot, you keep a knife, and that's it. In this game, you have to manually go in the inventory, go in your character and choose which type of action he has to do, like fight, open, close, oh. uh, push, which is almost like an adventure wow. point and click. But then if you pick mm-hmm. fight you have to hold control, oh, oh sorry, hold space bar. He goes into a fighting stance and then you use the arrow keys to have him do attacks. And like he does a karate Ooh. kick if you push forward <laughs> and like he starts punching repeatedly if you push right. I was like, this is not intuitive at all. Wow. <laughs> it's so, so hard. Like it's it's challenging because it's so outstated. <laughs> <laughs> so, But it's fun, like, in its own way, it's fun just getting lost in this mansion. Um, weird Lovecraftian creatures coming out from closets, and you pick up a saber, use it four or five times, and it's broken, and you have two different items in your inventory. Um, you can see all of the ideas that Shinji Mikami took for, um, for RE. But, yeah, I'm I'm kind of cautiously optimistic with the remake coming out. Um, mm. there's not a good track record with, Resi- with uh, Alone in the Dark games being <laughs> rebooted. So, you know, this could end up being way too much of a like try- of a copycat of the Resident Evil 2 remake, which that's what it looks like. But, you know, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give it a shot when the time comes next year.
3: Mm. So the original game was made by infograms, Okay. Interesting.
2: Yeah. It's yeah. also an odd trilogy as well. Like all three graphics games. don't like... look
3: bad. For a game from Randy 2, it doesn't actually look that bad i expected it to look a lot worse considering when it came out i honest. feel like
2: some of the first pre-rendered backgrounds with 3d polygonal characters mo- character models in it was yeah i think like the character a...
3: models look better than the final fantasy 7 character models in the in the, in the in the in the field at least not in the world map. That's, like that's a good point yeah.
2: uh, <laughs> <laughs> so this, the little icon just moving yeah
3: yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it actually doesn't look doesn't look bad i like to try this I the controls like that you described sound honestly awful so it might be a little
2: rough <laughs> it's not good it's not good i'll be it, honest
3: the 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 it looks just the environments like in the art and stuff look pretty cool i i i had seen footage of this at one someone was talking about this I in some video i don't remember documentary video about resident evil but i, I never i always wanted to try it so mm-hmm. it's cool to know that it's playable on pc still I'll yeah even it.
2: even the new nightmare just to kind of close things off it's better than I expected, probably the best game out of all the Alone in the Dark. It is a straight up Resident Evil clone, but it has mm. interesting, a very interesting use of the flashlight. Like you can turn the flashlight on and off and just wave it around to aim in, the, in, the, in, in each section, in each location and the environment changes dynamically, which for 2001 was pretty ahead of its time. Like there's some very nifty things in it. I've been enjoying that way more than the other two games <laughs> combined, like mm, the original yeah. trilogy and the remake.
3: Yeah. Hmm. So the, the new nightmare. Okay. It's a PS1 game. PS1 had so many hor- like horror games. Like that was the the horror <laughs> console, PS1. Hell yeah.
2: Truly.
0: Uh mm. all right. Cool. That sounds really cool. actually I feel like next time I'm up in Santa Cruz with Kevin, I'm going to be like, "Let's let's do this. Let's try this."
3: Yeah, I'm down. <laughs> really uh hell yeah. Uh,
0: all right. Uh you guys uh you guys like uh Tony Hawk, Doom Eternal? I do. Little, well, a little Max Payne. Uh, I, I oh, like yeah. uh,
1: I like one and a half of those. Yeah, I like one and a half,
0: exactly. I like one one and half, one and half. Well. I like I Max, Max Payne, Payne and the Tony Hawk part. I okay.
3: Well, I, lo-
1: I love Max Payne and half of Doom Eternal. Yeah, that's where I'm at. You liked it so
3: much, you
0: played
1: it like three times. Uh, come on. Yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes you just do things. You know, that's like, true. I, I, I also saw um, Interstellar three times, and and I, I, I like that movie. I just don't love it, but I saw it yeah. three times. Huh. I saw Revenge of the Sith three times. I don't like that movie. <laughs> okay, anyway, go on all right fair enough.
0: uh rollerdrome you guys you guys have seen this played it. I guess only uh, me and Kevin have played it
3: Kevin only you played a bit yeah i played i played about i played less than two hours. And that I know. Less. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I get, I get what
0: you're saying there. Uh, the game is it. Ha, it looks like uh, Sable. It has that same kind of art style, sort of like yeah. very flat, functional, kind of like '70s animation, almost rotoscope style. Uh, but yeah, it is Tony Hawk Pro Skater and Doom Eternal with with a, a heavy dash of uh, Max Payne. Like you, you go, you do tricks, you do crazy combos. Um, you you have it has really it's got like the sort of uh orthogonal unit design right i guess or combat Mm. chess is what hugo martin calls it where they're like each enemy is a different style so like you have to prioritize which enemies you attack so basically it takes place in the future you're a roller skater with shotguns and pistols and stuff and you have to go fight on this like national televised like roller derby to death competition um and so you go into these these arenas and you're doing your tricks and you have to take out all the different enemies and uh, it ratchets up the tension with each new arena substantially, adds new weapons, new enemies blah 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 uh, it's pretty fun like I, I, uh, I've been having a good time with it. I'm not like so in love with it that I can't wait to get back've uh, but uh, I have put some time into it and, and like it. what do you think Kevin? so I
1: have a question oh, I yeah, have a yeah. question about this. Is there a moment in the game where the main character is like, so I'm this guy, massive dead, and I'm in a roller drone, and I have uh, skates and I shoot pistols? Wow, yeah, Is there a line like that? Thank
0: God, yeah. no, and there's nothing like that. It, it has like a Ugly very no. um, like utilitarian walking sim, like first-person yeah. moments in between the rounds because the game's third-person, oh, okay. right? Which you have like a first-person exploration where you can kind of explore the arena and read stuff that kind of delivers a narrative about like a post apocalypse. De- although it takes place in like 2030 i think 2030, so it's like yeah. not not that far in the future and it's but uh, uh like you know the future things have gotten fucked very quickly and uh <laughs> you start to read about like the you know some simmering political tensions in, in the world through those moments
1: interesting yeah. so i heard the game's hard is it is it is it hard uh, I haven't beat it yet,
0: but it definitely incredible. seems to get challenging. Like I, I could see how it could get harder. Like at the point of the game, I've gotten it already has gotten it's ramped up the difficulty a bit. Like here's the thing that it does it's interesting is it it forces you to replay levels before you can proceed. Like did you have the same? Thing, yeah heaven.
3: so it what it yeah. has is the tony hawk if you were like tony hawk it'd be like grind the like sign or mm-hmm. like collect all the skate things or like do this trick over like it actually has those exact prescribed um tasks oh. which which can be fun but it can be also i don't know you it, it'll block your progression if you don't have enough it's kind of like tony hawk If you don't have enough videotapes you can't go forward it's the same kind of hmm. like thing uh uh and it and also it just the thing I want to mention is when you aim when you like ma- when you aim it locks on and it goes into bullet time. So like this is not yeah. a game where you're doing a lot of manual aiming unless you're using the grenade no. launcher which then you are. I mean, Otherwise you could it's all No,
0: it's all it lock on. You could play with the mouse and keyboard and just not use the lock on. But you But yeah, it's not designed I, it, for that th- for it sure. It didn't
3: seem like the hitboxes boxes of the guns was made for that at all. Hmm. I tried that.
0: Yeah, I huh. I don't know. But, uh, so
3: I felt like the combat was really fun. It's like very cool. Like it looks really cool when you're like blasting mm-hmm. dudes and stuff. And like it's, it. I really liked it when I was like the grenade launcher in particular. I thought was really fun because it felt like I was playing Quake. Like go off a skate ramp like into the air and like shoot guys down and blow them up. I was like, oh, like, I feel like I'm playing Quake. But like I only had two shots of the grenade launcher, and I had to like do a bunch of tricks and stuff to get ammo back or dodge their sniper shots, which was a more fun way. That was a little Sekiro-y. but. I mm-hmm. I just I had the same thing that like the Hugo Martin Puzzle Combat. It was like it was like oh I I can't hurt the shield guy and say he's a grenade launcher, but I don't have the ammo for the grenade launcher, so I gotta like farm the ammo up so I can then use the grenade launcher to hurt the shield guy. And I just th- that prescribed gameplay like again is just the thing I complain about Doom Eternal. So like well, I, it's I think the gear this game's, shifting. It's right like you have to
0: constantly be shifting gears while going forward kind of thing.
3: Y- just I find that if I'm playing a game where I'm shooting stuff and I don't have ammo, I, it's not fun. Like I don't like not having ammo ever. So this is just a personal, this is a Kevin problem. But uh, yeah, no, I I uh, didn't like it. Doom Eternal has left a sour mark on
0: gaming. (laughs) So let's explain what you're saying, right? Like you have 12 shots with the pistol, four shots I think with the shotgun, and two shots with the rocket launcher. And and they all share railgun. They all share ammo, and so it takes basically like a full clip to kill any enemy. Hmm. So every time you kill someone, you have to do some. The, the way Strix. you get ammo back is by doing like kick flips and tricks and stuff, or yeah, grinding okay. or dodging. So, like, you're going th- you can't just go and just blast everybody, which would be really easy if you had a ton of ammo, right? So, it does the Doom Eternal thing where, like, hey, in Doom Eternal, you have to like blast chainsaw. a couple of guys, chainsaw to get your ammo back. Like, you constantly have to be prioritizing, you have to like be rotating in your but mind. This like, game different is much priorities,
3: more string- st- 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 like, their ammo is much less. Doom Eternal, yeah, you can have, have multiple weapons with guns. This they all share ammo, so it's like you have mm-hmm. to constantly be doing ammo. Farming. So that, yeah, I don't know. Th- so, what I found my strategy was to basically leave the snipers alive. And right as they're about to yeah. shoot me, I would dodge, get ammo. That was like the method that I used to get ammo a lot. When I did that, that, it was more fun.
0: Totally. And that is actually the optimal strategy. So here's what happens, right? You're going along and you blast a guy. You're out of ammo. So you start doing like a rail slide. Your, your ammo meter is ticking up. And then a sniper's got his thing on you. And you can tell right before he's about to shoot because it gives you a little flash. So you do your dodge and then immediately you lock on to somebody next to you. And so you get your ammo back and you get a damage and uh, score multiplier by dodging the shot and then quickly flicking to another target. So like the goal is to build these big combos by doing yeah. complex moves like that where you're like dodging and aiming all at the same time. And you're doing these really quick reactions. Um, and I can see that like somebody who spends a lot of time with the game and gets really good with controls, we'll be able to pull off really incredible things. Like I think the skill mm. ceiling is fairly high, despite being a game that uses lock-on aiming. But if you're not, especially at the beginning of the game, um, you you don't realize all that immediately. Like it's it's I think it tells you, but it's it's hard to put it all together. Um, and that's why I actually think the thing where it makes you replay the levels. Was good at first. I was pissed because I was like, "Damn it! I just want to progress through the story, right?" And I think it's like it's the same thing with Hitman, right? Like you could just play Hitman, 3. just play it. Sorry, Hitman, but uh, you play it, you know, linearly from beginning to end, and then like you don't replay the levels and you don't master the different so systems. Okay, We and mentioned stuff.
3: Doom Eternal, so it's all good. I know we're really
0: fucking up, um, but like you have to mention Doom Eternal because this game clearly Is Doom Eternal. Yeah. play. They play Doom Eternal and they were like, "Holy shit! What if we made Tony Hawk with Doom Eternal?" Like, like there's yeah. no question that that yeah. conversation happened during mm-hmm. development. Um, but like uh yeah the fact that you have to replay each level forces you to you know hashtag get good with the mechanics and the different ways to do it because you just won't be able to progress unless you break higher scores and do some of these more complex things um and i actually was starting to like at first i was annoyed and then i started to really enjoy it. i'm like oh yeah i'm gonna go play this level again this time i'm gonna get five hundred thousand points and i'm gonna you know pull off some really crazy shit. um and like within Two hours, I went from like kind of getting owned to just totally wrecking and feeling very in control of the arena. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a real you know sense of mastery that comes with this game quickly, and, and the game forces you to to, to ha- like experience that mastery. So I do like that.
2: I have a question I like- actually. It, does it have any sort of progression like upgrades, things like that, yeah. no. or is it purely skill based? Well, get- purely skill. Well, well okay. that's true,
3: but it does drip feed you weapons. So as you progress, you get yes. guns. So you start okay. with just pistols and you get the shotgun, you get the grenade launcher and I don't the third gun, rail gun. was. Railgun. Oh, real real gun. Yeah. So the shotgun already seemed like the range weapon, so there's another range weapon? It's
0: a railgun. Okay. <laughs> um you spiral. The, like a uh, quick two uh, Something gun? like that. Yeah. It's like a straight, but yeah. Um there's only four weapons. There's no you don't get any stronger. There's no no RPG mechanics, so I, I actually really appreciate that. It's strictly Skill based, except yeah, the other weapons help. But you get the weapons pretty quickly; like you, okay. you get them within the first few levels.
2: Looks super cool. Like I, I was watching some of the gameplay footage and and uh, other reviews. I was like, this looks right up my alley. Actually, I like this type of arcadey shooters with you know with fast movements in them. So I'm interested. It's in it's in my wish list now.
0: Cool. Yeah, it's worth checking out. I think it's still it runs on sale. Very well,
2: too on mm. PC. I got like
3: a million. Oh
0: times. yeah, yeah. Looks yeah, good. yeah. Supports ultra-wide, <laughs> yeah. high refresh rates, although I'm playing it on PS5 because uh, it's a controller game, but...
3: It is a controller game. <laughs> uh,
1: what about that the Sable art style, yay or nay? Yay. A, yay. It
0: looks, really looks great, yeah, and great. it's super functional because mm-hmm. enemies, like, they do a really good job of giving enemies different um, silhouettes, so you can easily be like, oh, that's a shield guy, that's a sniper, you know, that's a fodder dude, that's a weird tank guy. Like, like you can quickly read the scene with like in a second you know like there's no confusion so
3: it, it's it's great. It gave All me right. a little bit of Smash TV vibes as well just a little bit <laughs> yeah. Alright
0: uh, Oren I heard you playing Call to the Lamb. You said you have experienced many bugs un- unprogressible bugs. Is this true? Yeah um,
1: well yeah that's like my big caveat with the game um, it's uh, First of all, I I guess to start, I'll just explain what the game is. Um, Cult of the Lamb is a game that I recently finished. I finished it last week, Mm. and it is like the perfect um, amalgamation of Animal Crossing and Hades. Like it, it is completely that. Like basically, Animal Crossing and Hades. Yeah, it is exactly (laughs) that. Like, imagine in your mind what that is, and that game is that. So. Um and um, the game itself I thought was great. I thought it was a great game. It's um the way it's structured is that you have your little cult, right, mm-hmm. and and you're building your cult, and while you're doing that, like uh, at, you'll usually the gameplay loop is like you'll spend about ten minutes building your your cult, indoctrinating followers, doing rituals, and then you go out into the world, and then you do like a Hades-esque roguelike, isometric run um and there's usually like a boss fight at the end of the level and through the run you collect resources and stuff um and the game isn't super difficult it's not as difficult as like hades or dead cells um but it i thought the game really gracefully uh had these two elements um tied together with the uh simulation part the animal crossing part and the roguelite part um the problem is though it's it's kind of a hard game to recommend because this is as aaron said at the top this is one of the buggiest games i've ever played like uh Mm -hmm. and and i usually don't have that problem but uh to give you to paint a picture of how buggy the game is there were three runs in a row where the game crashed halfway through the run and i had to start the run over so that's that's a hard sell. It's a hard sell, like, oh, yeah, play Dead Cells, and then you're, like, on the final boss, and then the game crashes. It's, like, a very terrible feeling to have. So, uh, so that's kind of unfortunate. Uh, it's one of those games that I, I'd recommend you wait for a patch, like, wait six months or something, four months, uh, for them to patch it up. I have heard, though, that the PC version... Runs the best. It hmm. seems like they optimized that one the most. Uh, I played it on the Xbox and I had a lot of bugs. I have friends of mine who are playing it on Switch; they're having a lot of bugs. So my sense is, play the PC version. Okay. Um, Did you have
0: performance issues? Or not really. It
1: was just it was just crashes. Like the yeah, game just yeah. kept crashing uh, in, in a way that was terrible. Or like. Loading screens wouldn't stop. um, uh, Doorways that are blocked until you complete an objective. Like, I would complete the objective, and then the doorway wouldn't unblock. Uh, It was very frustrating. But I will say, though, the game itself, even though, despite all that, I still felt compelled to finish the game because I was enjoying it so much. Hmm. And I actually think the game gives you a lot to chew on in terms of how cults are managed. Mm-hmm. Like it makes you think about cults and religion because you're a cult leader, right? And, and the whole point of the game is that you indoctrinate people and you brainwash them to worship you. And uh, like, you know, if, if, if there are dissenting followers in the community, you can punish them and then reeducate them <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, and, and do stuff like that. and, there are rituals you can perform where you can sacrifice people um so you can like brainwash them to like worship worship you even more um it, the the whole you can even um poison them with shrooms so that they're totally out of it and think you're a god and it's just i don't know it's
0: that sounds kind of rad it, it's yeah.
1: pretty rad it's like animal crossing with an edge to it um yeah let, is it, it Do you ever play
0: ActRaiser, which is like a game where it's like a city builder and a side-scroller? Like, And like, this is a uh, Super Nintendo game. But like, does the game feel like it suffers from having kind of two completely different modes of engagement?
1: Uh, I felt that at first a little bit. Because sometimes I just want to focus on the roguelike elements. Yeah. Or the Animal Crossing elements. But... I just kind of settled into the gameplay loop. I would just be like, okay, I'm going to do 15 minutes of my community. Mm-hmm. And then 15 minutes in the dungeon. And one stroke of genius in the game is that they didn't make the rogue part too hard. It's okay. not like you're playing Hades. It's not like you're playing uh, Curse of the Dead, guys. It's not like you're playing Dead Cells. Like, it, I think I only died maybe eight times in my whole seventeen hour playthrough, which isn't okay. bad. And uh, even even and even when you die, you still get to keep your resources from the run. So you still feel like you are productive. Like you keep the food that you can cook for the villagers, keep the wood to build houses. Um, and the simulation elements are very intuitive. Like you can just assign the villagers to build everything for you so you could just kind of appear at the village and not really do anything except for a few things that you want to do Uh, it's it's very intuitive uh there's even a fun fishing mechanic in the game which is you know an animal crossing game wouldn't be complete without that and uh i don't know it's like animal crossing but made for me it's just a shame (laughs) that there's so many bugs because hmm. otherwise it would be like my game of the year up there with Elden Ring, but uh, it's oh you like it that recommend. much. Oh yeah, I love it. I think it's great. I mean, they to fix it's the not, bugs. They just gotta fix the bugs. Like it would be like a nine out of ten game, but hmm. because of the bugs, it's like a seven or eight out of ten. So Damn, like it's Shane. just it. Yeah, sometimes hmm. bugs do kind of break an experience like that. It's. Uh, I'm trying you know another game that I felt that way with was uh, tormented souls like this would be one of my favorite mm. games ever but the bugs were just absurd yeah, <laughs> yeah same here. Oh, so. God.
3: I actually stopped playing it because I kept crashing for me yeah. I'm gonna go back and beat I haven't beat it I gotta go I gotta go back and I, play it dude I lost like an hour yeah me too
1: like here's the thing I think it's a legitimate flaw in a game if it's a roguelike or, like, a limited save game and the game crashes. Yeah. Like, oh, like yeah. you can't have that in that type of game. I'm sorry. and But the game is cool. Like, I, I will say, like, you know, I keep thinking about, like, you know, the nature of cults and how people are willing to get exploited by cult leaders and how that works. And that game actually explores that in some really fun ways. And hmm. uh, I think that's worth, like, the fact that the game left that aftertaste is really... Really clever, really clever game, despite its problems.
0: Maybe I'll pick it up on PC. Um, that sounds fun. Yeah, I, I dig it. Same. Uh, Kevin, last year, we collectively awarded The Ascent, the number three game of the year. <laughs> what's What's been going on in that space uh, since then?
3: Uh, they They released a new DLC for it, which is really exciting uh takes place on a new Arcology, even, a whole new new place, which is really uh, cool. Uh, was this my game of the year? I think it was. Yeah. Life last year, I'm pretty sure it was. Uh, anyways, uh, I was excited to have more content for the game, which is uh, very exciting. I've only played a little bit with you, actually. We played about maybe two hours. So... Um, it definitely seems like more of The Ascent, which is always welcome in my book. But the other thing that's, that's worth mentioning about this this DLC coming out was the Xbox version, which is where I'm playing it, didn't get New Game Plus or any of the updates for almost what? like six months to eight months. Yeah, they had some Jeez. problem pushing it out. Mm-hmm. So uh, they finally uh, put, all, put all that stuff out and they put the DLC out and all the other past DLCs they had released. So basically a bunch of stuff came out for The Ascent for Xbox. So if you like The Ascent on Xbox and you want to play more of it, it's a good chance to dive back into it. Um, I haven't played, like I said, I haven't played extensive, but it does seem like the new DLC is more challenging. There's more enemies, and, uh, you know, we're using the really overpowered minigun shot, like shot minigun, whatever it is, like insanely powered gun. It's still, like, challenging and hard. So it seems like it's been a fun, fun, good time back in the Ascent land. Um, and that's still, like, probably, I think that's probably, like, I don't know, that that game changed how I look at the, <laughs> that, that game or another game changed how I look at this genre of top-down. Shooter, so it's a really just a fun, funny. And they also had melee weapons in the DLC, by the way, and they feel okay. <laughs> it's not gonna turn it into Diablo. Uh, it's, I'd say, keep it as a shooter or stick with the guns. Use melee weapons sometimes. What'd you think?
0: Uh, I liked it. I was like, oh yeah, this game's awesome. I, yeah. I, uh, it's, it's, it's a weird game because I think it's. I could see why people. I can see why a lot of people may not like it, but like, man, I fucking. I love yeah, that I game. Love it it's just every, every time I play it I just have like a ton of fun. So as it was as cool.
3: Extremely amateur Unreal Developer, like amateur like to the most amateur possible way. I wouldn't even say developer, someone who like has used Unreal Engine, like, you know. You downloaded the software. I use the software like maybe forty times, maybe fifty <laughs> times, a couple times, you know. <laughs> um the just the map design, the materials, I it's insane. Just the amount of like the world is I, I do think this is the best looking cyberpunk world I've ever seen in a game. Like never nothing really even compares to me. And and I lost HyderPont twenty seventy seven look fine, but this game just blew out of the water and it's like a you know an indie to dev, it's an indie game. So
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Um yeah, it looks good. The new the new location is sufficiently uh different from the old one. Uh, yeah. I was having fun shooting stuff. And uh so yeah and it's like cheap it's like once I beat it ten bucks.
3: Sure. Yeah, it's like ten bucks, yeah. Uh
0: all right.
1: I should try jumping back into it. I kind of bounced off it. Well, you guys loved it, but uh, I'll
3: play it with you, man. If if you want. Play it in co-op. It's, it's a fun. really fun co-op game.
0: Yeah, it's it's like gotta play co-op. I
3: basically. also just gotcha. Like, have to give it credit again for shipping with couch co-op. I mean, just, that's such a rare thing in games these days, and uh, I really value that. You know, mm-hmm. my girlfriend and I play a lot of games on the couch, and I find that online versus couch co-op is definitely a different vibe. It's just a different. Feel. Something about having someone sit next to you, just a different feeling. So mm-hmm.
1: for
0: sure, yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, you know what other type of game makes makes a great sort of couch co-op game? Are uh, these these narrative games? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You know these like narrative choose your own Definitely. adventure games. Uh, yeah, I yeah. have played the first half of As Dusk Falls. I, mm-hmm. I think I said last week on the podcast that that I, I started playing it and I was like, I don't think I'm gonna like this. I don't think I'm thinking, oh, I like it, I like it. Um, but uh it, it's fun, it's great. I really enjoyed the entire first half. I'm excited to dig back in to the second half. I've been playing it with my partner. You can play up to eight player co-op. wow So basically what cool. happens is like, you you vote on the decision, right? And there are there are lots of pivotal decisions that seemingly affect the story in dramatic ways. At the end of each chapter, you get like a flow chart which I don't know what I think about this like I understand why people want this after playing so many games like this people are like I want to know what I could have done but then you see the slow chart and you're like oh there's a lot of shit that I who know what like. it's cool it's that of cool. it, it,
3: spoil the replayability though
0: well you can't see what the other options are it's just ah. like oh, okay. there are other trees right? yeah they're oh yeah, yeah yeah they're not they're not illuminated so it's like you're okay. just like oh I made a choice here and something else could have happened that had literally 30 other plot points that I completely missed that's cool um and in the game tells you. I think this is going back to Telltale. They They're like, this is an important decision. They'll be like, make this decision. Like, if if it's a really, there's a few really important decisions each chapter. It'll be like both both people have to agree. There has to be a consensus, or not a consensus, but a a majority. And so if there's two people,
3: you gotta agree. try it. <laughs> um, I love super massive games, so I'll check it. Yeah, out. Does, it's interesting. Does uh, the
1: quarry have the flowchart?
3: No. Or- but Because yeah, yeah,
1: I know Detroit did. Detroit did. Oh, it did. The the, yeah.
3: the uh, super massive games don't give you a flowchart, but I've definitely replayed a couple of them and the, and had things go drastically differently, like pretty oh. differently, pretty differently. Nice. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I, actually, I I actually have a question for Nick on this, because I have this feeling, and I know you, uh, Aaron, and you, Kevin, don't have this feeling, but sometimes Nick, like when I I kind of don't like playing these games sometimes, because I feel like I'd rather just watch a movie. <laughs> and I know that sounds terrible, but I don't know if you feel the same way or if you, or if you really like the interactivity.
2: For me, it depends. Like, uh, some of my one of the more important gaming experiences for me was playing The Walking Dead Season 1 when it came out. Sure. It was magical. It was kind of fresh. It was uh, very sad and depressing. But then I haven't really felt the same way with any other like choose your own adventure game that came after. I think David Cage tries way too hard with these things. Um, yeah I do think like uh-huh. yeah the quarry and until dawn because they are in this very horror setting with like you know who's going to survive, who's going to make it out alive. It makes it more fun, it makes it more engaging, but I've kind of lost love with these type of games, but I really want to check out as dusk falls. I think this interactive element. Mm really appeals to me the idea of like playing with other people and having to make these decisions i think that's what's selling it to me um after this conversation yeah. so you know
0: yeah i think it's that cool. i mean i huh. i never played these type of games before i don't mm. think i've ever completed one of these games except for maybe until dawn because i yeah i've always felt i even feel that way about games that are heavy on set pieces i'm like i would rather just be watching a movie if, if it's super I'm narrative sure. heavy but like if playing this with another person or with a group of people like really makes the whole experience congeal in, in a good way because then it's just like, ah, what's gonna happen? And you're like working through the tension together and you're like, we gotta decide this. It's it's like, if it's not, I wouldn't play it by myself, basically, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But being able to play yeah. it with another person is yeah I probably really wouldn't play
3: Massive game by myself either. Having someone there yeah. with you to like talk about, it's more fun.
2: Yeah, I had this experience playing um, Heavy Rain while in the in, um, uni like with the with the gang together like four or five people playing the game, it is a completely different vibe like when you're alone we can I don't know like personally it was like half an hour of gameplay one hour and it's just like oh, i can I can shut this off yeah. I can I can do better things <laughs> with my time but then with people, like everyone wants to go forward with the story yeah do this do that it is indeed very interactive, but that's that's always the fun thing it's also like the couch co-hop that you mentioned Kevin like yeah. that's always a, a like an essential element for me with like multiplayer games if it's there it's like yes yes it's going to be great like even if it's a mediocre game the fact that you can share it physically with someone else it's instantly better
3: it is it's well, almost like a game uh, too I that would, you could play yeah. like with like your like mom or someone like someone doesn't play a video game but they might enjoy watching you play it because it's yep. like something that a medium that they can relate to
4: Mm-hmm.
1: I was just gonna say, I, uh, heavy rain. I think is the only one of these that I really, really like. And I'd hmm. say that as someone who shits on Div- David Cage, but <laughs> that that game was awesome. I felt like I was playing through a David Fincher movie. Uh, hmm. that, I, I like Heavy Rain a lot. The only thing I don't like is the ending twist is a little goofy. But other than that, it's a really cool game.
4: Yeah.
0: Hmm. Cool. So yeah as dusk falls is uh it's it's good storytelling it's not horror as i've said so like when people people can die so when when you get to these moments where it's like oh life and death like they've done enough of the hard work to invest you in the characters so that like you you don't want them to die right like or if if someone dies you feel bad about it. it's not just a horror movie where you're like ha, that chick just got chopped up or you know whatever like it's 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 more dramatic um but yeah strongly recommend it it's on uh game pass and yeah. Uh what what about LA LA Noire?
2: Yeah, I've been replaying this game. I've been kind of going a different way this year because it's like time time is scarce <laughs> for playing games. And so I've been actually trying to go back through my backlog and kind of looking at games I never actually finished or completed. And I just mm. saw LA Noir sitting there and I clicked on it on Steam and I saw that they actually added automatically for some reason the dlc which i never bought i think like with the complete edition huh. coming out they did that on steam i was like oh man i've never played the dlc let's give it another shot and so i delved back into the world of la noir i think like eight years since i last played it must have been at least that um and it was a trip i think the trickiest thing is that i've been rewatching Mad Men with my sister showing it to her for the first nice. time so many of the cast members are in this game. Like, almost yeah. every single actor. like, oh, this was in my, and this is also in the show, and this is in the show. Like, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, the thing that I like the most about this game, like, already I really loved it when I was younger, because I was like, oh, you're just in this 1940s, 1940s Hollywood, going through LA, you know, solving crimes, and you rise up the desk of the LAPD, and there's various murders, and the Black Dial, like, all of these connections that were very intriguing. Uh, the facial animation unparalleled at the time they look off nowadays there's something about the yeah, textures say, how do they look now I was ask yes that. yes it it doesn't age the best but it's still very engaging but what i liked the most you know like like to an extent is like man like rockstar doesn't make games like this anymore i know they didn't develop it but like in terms of publishing yeah. like i wish they went back to something like this like i think they've only had like gta 5 and Red Dead Redemption 2 since this came out I was like, man, like just do something different, like go back into story-heavy games, stop focusing so much on, on these multiplayer modes which I know bring a lot of money into the bank, which they like but it was like, it was it, it, it was a strong nostalgia trip, you know, just a single player unadulterated experience where it's all about the narrative um, I like, which was probably controversial, but I like how stripped down the open world approach is i'm very much tired of all the icons popping up constantly in this game it's literally just you go from location to location maybe there's a random case that you can go through that takes like one or two minutes to solve and that's it and then you're back on the main action but other than that like there's no places you can really visit but you don't really need and want to visit them i kind of like that it's it's very simple that's really the best way i can i can and it's like, it's simple. It's. I wish there were more simple open world games like this. Kind of like Mafia 2 as well. Um, again, there's not much you can do, but it's not really about the open world. It's more about the story mm. and the characters and the drama. So that had me thinking quite a lot about, you know, the state of this type of video games, of open world games nowadays. Um, we need more things like this, I think. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah,
1: I feel like there's only like four genres now too Mm -hmm. like four genres and four settings in video games and what made la noir stand out was like what if we did like you know chinatown in a lonely place like tap into these classic film noir movies and made a video game based off of that and it's like like that's like such a cool genre and setting that i'm surprised that video game developers just don't do that instead it's like Hmm, what should we do next? Oh, let's do a zombie game. It's like come on. Like think of like there are so many genres that you could tap into in video games. And I feel
2: like developers only do like four of them now. Yeah. The ones that are bankable, the ones that are going to get, you know, a lot of critical and financial success, especially. Uh I know there's quite a lot of indie games that try to delve into the world of noir even with Mm. anthropomorphic animals and things like that, which is cute, fun, but I do wish, just like we've we've read Dead Redemption, it's one of the very few big-budget Western games. I wish someone else took the gamble on on a big budget tomorrow, but I think the the failure of this at the time, it's not worth it. Probably everyone was scared by it. It's
1: a shame. Mm. Yeah, it's a shame. I I remember uh, watching one of the Sony conferences, and they showed off Days Gone, and mm. the, it was a guy on a biker. You, there was this biker, right? And I was like, oh, shit, they're doing a Sons of Anarchy-style gangster game? That's awesome. I've never <laughs> seen that before. Mm. And then you see the zombies,
2: and it's like, oh. Yeah, of course. Fuck, <laughs> fuck man. Come on. <laughs> just game want to be Walking Dead. Yeah. 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 Just another one of those.
1: Yeah, the, yeah, these studios should take more risks. It's okay to lose money. It's okay just... Uh, Enhance the culture. Enhance the video game culture, please. You're Rockstar. You can lose money.
0: (laughs) Mm, I think uh, all hope for Rockstar is lost at this point. Once they turned on that GTA multiplayer cash fucking faucet, they they just started, money just started filling, you know, spilling everywhere.
2: How can can you go back from that? They're still going. There's always new updates. Like every, I think once every year. I have this terrible, terrible idea to go back to GTA Online. And it lasts, literally, mm-hmm. it lasts two hours. It takes more time to actually download and <laughs> install the game than actually yeah. playing it. And I'm like, no, it's not worth it. It's like people on jets and flying around everywhere and you're constantly dying and you try to do heists and no one's doing heists. <laughs> like, you cannot progress in this game. What's the mm. point? Mm. Yeah, sad, depressing. They they
1: should they should be doing. I don't know. I just don't understand why. I I get it. They're corporations. They're all about making money. Mm. But like er, early Rockstar, they were just totally fine with just making projects that were probably not going to make any money. Like I I wish that Rockstar was back. Manhunt, Bully, yeah, yeah, Manhunt. Like, why don't we see that? Like, why do we? Why does everything have to be a massive success? I don't get it
3: i don't get it either Whatever. everything has to be like super triple a from mm. them it's got to be like yeah that's the world
0: we live in man it's like you it can't you know 3x returns on your profit isn't good anymore it's got to be 10x 20x
3: yeah
1: capitalism won everyone capitalism one. it's like hyper
3: capitalism yeah. there's no yeah <laughs> like, like, what's Angel Studios working on? Is Rockstar San Diego, like the people who made Red Dead One and, you know, Smuggler's Run. Do they even exist anymore? And Red Dead Revolver. They're still Rockstar San Diego. They're probably just stuck uh, doing probably like, GTA Online multiplayer? or
0: something. Yeah, they're probably doing something lame. Yeah. Uh, I have no idea, though. I, so I wouldn't want to speak authoritatively. Huh. Yeah, that's it's a sad world we live in. Yeah. But at least there's indie games who make crazy stuff, like weird games about being stuck in an escape room.
1: <laughs> so uh I, pa- I-, I checked out escape academy on a whim mm. uh on game pass because i was like oh, oh, I like escape pass? rooms yeah it's on game pass Didn't yeah realize. so I-, I checked it out just on a whim and uh i beat it the same day because i couldn't put it <laughs> down it's like it- it's a it's a four and a half hour game i was not planning on doing it but nice. i was so hooked like okay imagine this guys what if you took all of the best puzzles in Resident Evil and just made that into a game? The Resident Evil and puzzles? Yeah, oh. like the first one, uh, oh. and you Ooh. put that into a game. That is what Escape Academy
3: is. Mm, I like that, then. <laughs> so, I love Resident Evil puzzles.
1: It is so much fun. You can actually... I did not play it co-op, but you can play it co-op. And I actually thought the puzzles were so geniusly designed because... They never felt hand-holdy, but they weren't too obscure where you can't solve them. Like mm-hmm. you can, like I had so many aha moments in my playthrough, and a lot of the puzzles were super clever. Uh, and the the game's tone was super fun. Really, the only criticism I have of the game is that the last puzzle was a little counterintuitive in a way that was a little frustrating because like the game was kind of like trying to lead you down two different paths at the same time if that makes sense where it's like you have to do this objective but you also kind of have to do this secret objective as well and it wasn't really gracefully done but other but other than that like i i just um i just love a puzzle game that ma- gives me multiple aha moments mm. where i'm stuck and then i'm like oh i gotta do this and they're all timed too, so there were a couple of escape rooms where I literally solved the last puzzle in the last fifteen seconds, and I felt such a thrill, like <laughs> oh, I beat it, like the like the bo- It was like the Goldfinger moment of like the uh, bomb ticking down, and then they just disarm it with the last six seconds or whatever, or it was last seven seconds because double O seven. But it was um, it, it was a really thrilling puzzle game. Uh, it doesn't. Uh, it, the marks are low for that type of game, but it hits those low marks uh, with gusto. So it was. It was a great puzzle game. Very short. I highly recommend it. Uh, definitely what uh, it, it will be making my top ten list for wow. games of the year for sure. I loved it. Really, loved but
0: you haven't it. played God of War yet. I don't think you should. I don't think you should start <laughs> talking about this list yet. It's just. So I had to hit all the, the forbidden games. Um,
1: <clears throat> I'll, I'll tell you what, if God of War brings back the violence, which it like the hardcore violence, won't. then I'll <laughs> like it, maybe. But I don't know.
0: Right. Well, yeah. If uh, Kratos runs into like, you know, 10th century Oslo and just murders everybody. Yeah. And like unplugs the dam so the city floods, then I'll be like, yeah. all
3: right, we're back, baby. Let's do it. Yeah, he like just uh, throws eyes out with his thumbs, like that kind of old school. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. That'd be good. Uh, do <laughs> you want to talk about Thymesia? Um, I can talk about it. Yeah, yeah, I'll talk about it quickly. Uh, it's a um, it's a Sekiro like. <laughs> it's like uh, it's the first time that oh, I I think that's I know happened. What this game is um, yeah, it's by uh, a Taiwan a developer from Taiwan. I forget the name of the developer off the top of my head. Um, I, I'm about an hour and a half in. I just beat the first real boss, who mm. was a bastard. The first boss was like, <laughs> I like 15 deaths kind of boss. Like I had to go look up a guide and still died like a lot of times. <laughs> like it's a, the first boss is not joking around. <laughs> it's it's a hard game I think, but um, yeah. it has it. It's the vibes like the world and stuff reminds me a lot of Bloodborne. Like it's visually. Yeah. Bloodborne looking and Dark Souls, both of those. But the gameplay is, I would say, closer to Sekiro. It has a parry system. Um, it even has like a mikiri counter system, which you can get. Basically, the enemies have like these two health bars. You attack them to, to damp, to wound them, and then you have to use your right trigger claw to like kill them. So it has like you have to kind of manage that while you're doing the other stuff. It's a pretty fun game. About like I said, about an hour and a half in, I definitely really like it so far. I think the the um, it's de- I think it's like a Unity engine game. If I had to guess by looking at it. But, um, it's definitely like, you know, probably it's definitely like probably, I don't know, indie or double A it's like a made by a smaller team. I think less money, yeah. probably, probably like eight, to 10 hours if I had to guess. And it's um, 20 bucks, 20 bucks. Yeah. Um, but really fun so far. If you like, uh, dark souls likes and feel like Sekiro likes is the first one. <coughs> it's a pretty good one so far. Um, but like I said, the first boss is a serious challenge. So uh e- even for me having just recently played through Sekiro four times. So it's it's not a it's not an easy game. <laughs> but it does seem well made. It seems like it seems a good mechanically sound. Cause I know yeah. some from from self-likes can be like not always nail the mechanics.
0: Uh, yeah.
3: What do you think, Aaron? It's
0: uh it's I, I played about an hour of the game. I, I was enjoying it. I have an aversion to games that are so there's been quite a few of them at this point like so rigidly copying Fromsoft's style where like the interface is the same the controls are the same the storytelling is the same you know the font choices and ui design is like is, is almost <laughs> copyright infringement um which this game does do but it did immediately feel good to play yeah. and look interesting so i could see myself spending more time with it and i understand that it's not that long so that's kind of I don't know why that's appealing, but that is appealing. I I, I guess yeah. Uh, it, it seems good. It seems like for that sort of thing, for sort of, it, it seems probably the best I've seen yet.
3: Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I I'm definitely liking it so far. I'm not, I'm probably gonna beat it if I if I can. I mean, maybe they'll nerf the first boss because he's pretty ridiculous, honestly. Huh.
0: Yeah, I haven't got to the first boss yet. I got to like the first like fake boss. It's definitely hard. Like right. I mean. Yeah. These games, you know, I guess they have to be, but yeah, it was right out the gate. I was, like, you know, how Oof.
3: Sekiro, you have to like practice the boss and like learn their moves, so you, it was like that kind of deal. Right, you couldn't just like run in and smash after like three or four times, like in Elden Ring. It was like, no, you got to practice like what their patterns are and all that stuff. You got to learn the game. Learn the game or go home.
0: Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, Thymesia. we'll we'll hear more about that, I'm sure. Nick, let me ask you a question. Uh, if, if you could If you could say in brief, what what is the problem with video game adaptations?
2: The, the, the problem is, is, a, is a series of small problems. Like, it's very frustrating being both a gaming fan and a movie fan to go out there and be like, "Hey, there's a new adaptation of a, of a movie of a game I really like. Let's go watch mm-hmm. it and then seeing that it's nothing like the game. I think that's the main problem that happens Mm -hmm. constantly, like you're watching the movie, and you're like, this is not like the game. Who made this movie? Like, do they even, have they even tried the game? Do they know what the game is about? There are a lot of of problems, I think, with with video game adaptations. And I think the most frustrating bit is exactly this, just they don't know what to do. They don't know how to adapt an interactive medium into visual form. And yeah. they've tried to take many, many, you know, many many video games, they've turned them into movies. You have your Assassin's Creed, you have your Far Cries. Like, video game series that seem almost tailor-made for cinema, and mm-hmm. then they fail completely when you mm-hmm. put them on the silver screen. And I think, like, the... I even rewatched really a few of them like in preparation for this. I I went deep. I was like I'm watching some of the ones that I never checked out beforehand. I checked out the new uncharted. I watched the Need for Speed 1. I was I rewatched like the Angelina Jolie uh, Tomb Raider movies like I was like, man, this is a nostalgia trip right here like watching movies from my childhood. Um, mm-hmm. and it's even though some of those are guilty pleasures for sure, there's yeah. always this feeling of like why do you spend so much time on pointless setups like i i think you guys probably even agree with some of this. i'm curious your thoughts just something like the assassin's creed feel like mm. why do we have to spend in a two-hour movie like 90 minutes outside of the animals outside of the actual assassin's creeding <laughs> you know hmm. it's it's all in the present it's all in this boring facility with people talking actors that you know mumbling their ways through these long corridors like no no one cares no one's here for this and he was other other adaptations as well i think even the uncharted one i don't know if you guys have seen it Mm -hmm. um yes i have oh Oh. man so you know how how it is it's like oh so much time trying to set up who nathan drake is and it doesn't feel like the character from the games and it's young tom holland it's like why are you making this like why are you making it like this um a lot of problems, a lot of problems, and I'm curious to know what you guys think about just this, these adaptations.
0: Do you think there's a good one? Like, like if you had to say, this is the one video game adaptation that people should watch that, that somehow captures something from its original work.
2: Yes. I know there are, I think, like, everyone is their own. It's like, just for me, it really works for other people, probably not. Might be blasphemy, but I really like the Silent Hill adaptation. I rewatched okay. it just like last month. And I think this is one of the few that actually kind of gets it right. It messes up mm. with the lore. We do not need Pyramid Head just randomly <laughs> popping up twice in the movie just because right, right. Hey, it's the poster boy of the, of the games. Like, we don't need that. But other than that, like, it's effective. It's It's a well-made horror film. It's very stylish great cinematography Dan Lawson, the same one who worked with Del Toro on like Crimson Peak and the John Wick films like he shoots the hell out of this film pun intended and it's (laughs) <laughs> it's a compelling story this like they cha- They make interesting changes where it's all primarily a female cast with like the mother losing the daughter during a car crash she gets, she gets lost in this town and it's all about mothers daughters childhood parenting grief like it's all about these different things and that's ultimately what i really liked about it also replaying some of the silent hill games this past year i was like yeah they they made a silent hill movie it's hmm. it's in the same vein as the games it shares the aesthetic And it doesn't. It manages to stand on its own, which is probably the best thing I can say. Like I talked about it with a friend who doesn't like games, doesn't know Silent Hill. She watched it right after, and she was like, "This was really good." (laughs) Like outside of random Pyramid Head, it was confusing. Everything else was pretty good. I was like, "That's a that's a good sign." Like too many times, people audiences are either bored or alienated by these adaptations, which I can totally understand
1: well i should say uh, check out nick's nick grosso's youtube channel enjoy the movies he has a video on that um that was made a year ago that i highly yeah. recommend um but i did want to respond to two things you just said uh i one i actually liked the tomb raider movie i thought the tomb raider movie wasn't that bad with alicia vikander huh? it had like a oh. good uh daughter Weird. father a dynamic Dominic West from The Wire plays the dad, hmm. and it was actually uh, pretty good. I-, I liked it. I did see Uncharted, and the fact that the video game has better cinematography and blocking than the movie says a lot. Yeah, S- and casting. So, hmm. but anyway, Uncharted. What about was those so Resident
0: bad. Evil movies, man? Those are fun. They're like those the are first fun. ones. They're not. I, I do really like great I- I Resident like Evil, them. but. They're, they're they're very enjoyable. Uh, <laughs> Kevin's shaking his head. Sorry guys. Uh, <laughs> Testing like the <laughs> All right. Love, to, love.
1: Uh, Re- Resident Evil Retribution yes. is like a really good matri- That's like a really good Matrix movie. I really like that movie. I what hate about uh it.
3: the first Mortal Kombat by the same director by uh, Paul the mm-hmm. Harrison's the first one. Yeah. From the 90s.
1: Okay. Okay, that one's all
3: right. That one's yeah. okay. It's okay. Yeah. It's not made.
0: Event easy. Horizon was a good adaptation of Doom.
3: Yeah. Right. Paul W. Sanderson again? Wait, wait. Was due? <laughs> I'm joking. Or after? I'm joking. Due was before. Before, uh, <laughs> okay.
0: I mean, it. It. I think it was like definitely a little inspired. I don't know. Sometimes though, when it you did. like start making video game movies, there's this like complex game of telephone where it's like video mm-hmm. games are like rip, you know, aping the stylistic choices of older movies, and then you got a this weird thing like like John Wick is like like Hotline Basically. Miami the movie, yeah. <laughs> right?
1: Yeah. Or or when like Max a Payne. video game does a uh, a spiritual adaptation of of a TV show, like Alan Wake is basically Twin Peaks. Like shamelessly Straight Twin up. Peaks. Like Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, like right. the uh, play like, again. instead of the log lady, you have the lamp
2: lady. <laughs> mm. So uh,
3: I didn't even like yeah. I hadn't seen Twin Peaks and I played that game, so I didn't think about that, but
2: Mm. Me too. Me too. Yeah. I, 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 that's how it was introduced to Twin Peaks back in the olden days. I was a little, little kid. I was like, "How the wake is cool?" It's like all these references. What are they? That's cool. That's fun. What are but all the, why? Why
1: am I uh, uh, collecting co- like uh, coffee thermos like everywhere? <laughs> like why am I? Doing oh really?
0: This? Is there a fish <laughs> yeah. in the
1: percolator? Uh, I, don't, I I don't remember if there's something like that, but it's definitely it is probably totally <laughs> Twin Peaks. Like, oh yeah.
0: It, no, they were even it, up front about that. Like back at the time, they're like, yeah, we like Stephen King and Twin Peaks and that's that's what yeah, this
3: is. Yeah, I definitely have the Stephen King vibe from that game. Big time. Yeah.
0: Uh all right. Well, so here's a question. What would make for a good adaptation specifically? What are some what are some games that haven't been ad- ad- uh, adapted that that might be ideal candidates? I think we might have talked something about
2: this before, but like
0: uh what what do you think? Nick?
2: I I I was thinking hard about this because I was like, why do some of these adaptations work? Why do most not work? I'm thinking long and hard about it. I was like, you know what? I, more often than not, what's happening nowadays is they're trying to take inherently cinematic games, something like Uncharted or even Tomb Raider, the, re- the recent ones. Like They try to be like Hollywood movies. And Mm -hmm. the cool thing about it is that you're the one pressing X. (laughs) You're the one pushing Mm -hmm. the stick forward and playing the character. But then when you go watch the movies, even though they can work a little bit like the Tomb Raider one, it's just kind of like, man, I wish I was playing Uncharted. I wish I was on the airplane with cars falling out and all the crates and whatnot. And so what I think they should do is not take games that are cinematic per se, that are trying to be like a Hollywood film, but they should take games that... That don't that are very simple, very straightforward, even, and try to give them a cinematic feel while also maintaining their spirit alive. And I think one series that they tried to adapt, I was looking at it, I was like, okay, they they wanted to make an adaptation of this, but they ultimately didn't. It's Thief, the series of Thief. I was like, you know what? I I would love this, like a a Mm -hmm. dark medieval fantasy. Where you're mm-hmm. following this thief around and you can have a whole series of adventure with him uh entering people's houses and then uncovering a darker deeper secret almost love crafting if you want there's element of mm-hmm. the supernatural there's zombies in the dungeons I, mm-hmm. I i was looking at the list of games like they should make a thief adaptation like this is this is good potential for it not even a tv show just keep it more simple like a movie um yeah. kind of a stealth you know almost like i don't know like reefy fee or a, a thief from yeah, uh, michael yeah. Mann. like go back to those films yeah. and just em- embrace the methodical procedural nature of of just being garrett going around the city trying to enter people's houses i think that would be incredible and i kind of hate that they tried to do a cinematic thief game with the remake in 2014 mm-hmm. 13 i don't remember. It's yeah. very dull, very banal. Just, no, take take the original trilogy. Go back to I don't know, even the Deadly Shadows, whatever it was called the third one. Like, take yeah. those games and try to adapt them. I think there's potential there.
0: Yeah, no, that's a great pick.
1: I can just imagine like a three minute scene of the thief of Garrett just methodically picking a lock. Yeah, and, like, wouldn't be that be awesome? Just slow, that.
2: <laughs> one just slow cinema, static shot. Slow cinema.
1: It's kind of like that scene from the French film *Les Samurai* when uh, he's like trying to rob a car and he's just going through every key in his keychain and just slowly turning it to see which yeah. one works. Like,
2: who who do you think should direct it? I'm curious. I mean, probably the the, the actual thief connection, Michael Mann, would be great for this. But for someone who's actually yeah. dabbled, um. Uh... I don't know, honestly. Like, I was—I. It's a hard choice. I think of, of filmmakers that are alive because I was thinking like the Jean Pierre Milfield and all the others, like classic yeah, yeah. directors. Like nowadays, I don't know who could pull it off. It could risk being way too much of like a hard HBO show kind of vibe, and that's not something that I think could really benefit it. Could risk being too much of that, but mm. uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, uh, Terrence Malick, uh, right? That's That'd be awesome. good.
1: Terrence Malick, <laughs> with
0: these uh, wide-angle shots. Yeah, it's just like yeah. yeah.
1: It's just Garrett, just like He's dancing just in talking. a flower field. He's just whatever. talking
0: about his thief. Yeah, his, his exploits and uh, mother. Disco why dropped. do Kevin, you, are you wrestle
1: inside me?
0: Uh, I think we lost Kevin.
1: <laughs> He's lost. He's lost. Oh no! What happened to Kevin?
0: All right, Kev, uh, you're up next. Tell me what what do you think would be a good candidate?
3: Um, okay, so I'm kind of split between two works of the same style, but I'm going to probably say, my if I could have an adaptation by any director, I would think uh, Bioshock by Paul Verhoeven, because uh, Bioshock is a game that's full of heavy satire and mm-hmm. high violence. And so are all of my favorite Paul Verhoeven movies like Robocop and uh, Starship Troopers and uh, Total Recall. Um, Total Recall in particular gets a lot of these mind, body, existential memories, identity stuff. And so does Bioshock. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, and Bioshock's, you know, a very violent game. So I think a, a nice, uh, fun, violent, satirical, but maybe somewhat smart Paul Verhoeven Bioshock would be a really fun. Fit. I just love I'd Paul Verhoeven. I'd that. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be, it so be good, wouldn't with- it? <laughs> I also yeah. was thinking System Shock as well because just the sci-fi on that but mm-hmm. I think Bioshock has more themes of that are closer to Verhoeven's movies. this the ones that I've seen. <laughs> right.
2: Do you think uh, potentially they should make the other movies as, the other games as well should they adapt them if the first one is a success? Like would you like a Bioshock 2 oh, or yeah. Bioshock Infinite? Uh, hmm. I probably would
3: pick System Shock over Bioshock 2 or 3 mm. or Infinite if I could if I could, because System Shock is such a cool setting. Even though it's been done a lot, uh, System Shock goes some cool places. So,
1: yeah. I, I will say, <laughs> I think Bioshock Infinite would be great, because Starship Troopers, as you all know, Verhoven really taps into, like, the Aryan race, like, Nazi thing <laughs> yes. really well. Yeah, and Bioshock true. Infinite, he could just go so hard into that.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think, I just think that they have such a similar, th- th- yeah, the Shocks and... and verhoeven they seem related to me i
1: i see it i love it i love paul verhoeven by the way quick shout out he made a great movie last year uh benedetta Benedetta, right i I highly recommend it's a great movie (laughs) one of his best i think
2: (laughs) fun time for the whole family you love religion (laughs) you're gonna love benedetta yeah it's
1: it's so funny it's one of the funniest (laughs) movies i've seen recently
3: oh nice
0: I'll put that in my uh, my queue man. I it sounds good. Oren, you got a, you got to pick for us?
1: Yeah. You know what? Uh, like you said it's a game like the the prompt was a game that hasn't been adapted yet. But I'm going to I'm going to break the rules a little bit. You can break the rules a little bit. Right. Um, I uh, I was thinking <clears throat> okay, as you all know, I'm a big David Cronenberg fan. Probably my favorite director. I love him so much. And I loved his recent movie, Crimes of the Future. It's about mm-hmm. my favorite movie of the year so far. And uh, I thought the tone of that movie and the atmosphere um, it would be perfect for a Silent Hill movie. Like, I would love to see mm. that style, like, just, like, this feeling of decay, like, this mise-en-scene, like, decaying, like, and... Um, <clears throat> just the overall color palette and tone would be perfect. So the, the other thing I would say is uh, if I didn't get David Cronenberg directing a Silent Hill movie, then I would also love to see like a David Lynch direct one. Um, I even think uh, Guillermo del Toro would probably do a great job. So yeah, like I would love to see like an auteur, like a horror film auteur take on Silent Hill. Hmm. I think that would be awesome
2: oh man Mm,
3: that would be cool i would totally watch that
2: same so getting lost especially i think in the the psychological complexity like i think both david's both david's would do a a great job with that you know the tormented nature of the characters i feel like a lost highway is kind of a silent hill film if you think Mm. about that so it wouldn't be too out there for for lynch at least to make it yeah Oh, yeah.
0: yeah. No, that would be amazing. Yeah. That would be great. Um, I, I
2: would love it.
1: I would love it.
0: That Yeah, that's a great pick. I am also going to break the rules because I am actually going to suggest an adaptation of an adaptation. Uh, I think that this is what I want. I want Disney Plus to get Vince Gilligan to make TIE Fighter the show <laughs> because, <laughs> because TIE Fighter is the only Star Wars property I can think of where it has like no connection. Well there probably is some connection to the original cast. And you play a bad guy, an unrepentant bad guy, there's no good perspective. It's literally you're just you're just a bad imperial dude hunting down rebels. The rebels are portrayed as like fanatic idiots. Um, it's like <laughs> yeah. it's it's the Star Wars we don't get. So like give me give me that with some I don't know, maybe 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 not Vince Gilligan. Maybe uh who made a uh, Battlestar Galactic or I don't know, something like that. Like or Mr Robot yeah. Director guy, but I would watch that, yeah. So, so literally make a better Star Wars is what I'm saying. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Go away from the Skywalker saga and just, yeah, they they should do that. That'd be fun, yeah,
1: yeah. We just need moral ambiguity in Star Wars. That's what I want to see. Like, I feel like we like even the fucking Boba Fett show was like, Boba Fett's a good guy now it's like why why is he a good guy
2: (laughs) I don't get it redemption it's all about redemption arcs (laughs) it's always the same thing you know just kind of tiring yeah Yeah. I just want a guy
1: who's like good at his job and all he cares about is money like that's the kind of character I want to see
0: yeah yeah that would be fun (laughs) Uh, do you guys have other picks for this I do All right. yeah what you got
2: because it's it's another horror series i was like we need more horror adaptations and i would love 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 to see the evil within adapted by panos cosmatos the guy who made mandy oh, who yes. made beyond the black yeah. rainbow i i think that's that's an like give him a big budget go absolutely insane with this bonkers, like, time-bending, reality-changing horror that's, like, very supernatural. There's gr- some grotesque body horror stuff going on. Uh, different dimensions and creepy spider ladies and this detective at the end that's just in way over his head. I think it, his style would be very suited, like with Mandy. It's it's very much a horror film to me, with a little bit of sense of humor but It doesn't go overboard with. Uh, very strong the action, group gnarly violence that's just imprinted in you as, as soon as you watch it like it's unforgettable imagery and so I think ma- taking The Evil Within and kind of adapting it I think it would do a great job because they've tried with other like game horror games to adapt them um, especially the Japanese properties some of the Japanese adaptations themselves are not that good unfortunately they're all very cheap and I think this is something that could, deserves a big budget and just a lot of time and money behind it that would be cool.
3: Yeah, that would be good.
1: I dig it. That That's a great choice for a director, the director of Mandy.
2: He <laughs> needs more work. Just give him more money. Just <laughs> let him do something.
0: <laughs>
2: Heck
1: yeah. horn you got any more? Yeah, I do. Uh, I do have another one. Um, so hear me out. Uh, this is going to sound really weird, but it's going to make sense when I explain it. What Remains of Edith Finch directed by the Cohen brothers okay <laughs> so that sounds weird but uh, here's the that thing sounds about a little the weird, Co- yeah but it sounds weird but like think of it th- th- this way The Ballad of Buster Scruggs No Country for Old Men Fargo um a serious man blood simple these are all movies that in some ways are about death they're all about How silly death is How funny death is How abrupt death can be How sad death can be It's like the whole gamut of emotions That you can associate with death Are kind Mm -hmm. of what those movies are partly about Especially Ballad of Buster Scruggs um, And No Country for Old Men I'd say Um, Especially the Tommy Lee Jones stuff But I think they would be able Because Edith Finch is so much about family But it's also so much about death Mm -hmm. And the many forms death can take I think they would be perfect to do something like that. Maybe they wouldn't be able to, to tap into the uh, magical realist elements as much, but I think in terms of like the themes, I think they would be able to do that. And I guess like an alternative pick would be Terrence Malick doing <laughs> Edith Finch, but I feel like I would like to see the Coen Brothers do it because I think they would they would do a really
2: challenging tone that reflects the tone of the game. Great choice. I, yeah, can, I can actually visualize that. it now after this explanation. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> Destroy walking Kevin. simulators. Make them oh entertaining. My God. <laughs> <laughs> um, I
3: also have a funny pick, but I I, I can see it in my head. Uh, mm-hmm. I'd like to see a Yakuza game by John Carpenter in the style of um, <laughs> Big Trouble Little China, because I love that movie. Yes. And, it's, and it's funny. And the Yakuzas funny, but it's also kind of serious, and Yakuzas kind of serious too. I think that would be incredible. Maybe you like a dragon too, because I love the story of that game. Uh, so I think that would probably be my my choice. A nice, because I, I just love Big Trouble in China. That's such a good movie. I remember watching with Aaron, and the uh, the scene where the guy hands um, the main character the fish. he's after he's eating it, and he's like, "Later." And Aaron was like, "I'm waiting the whole movie to see this scene." <laughs> <With that> <laughs> <moment>. <laughs> I've actually seen uh, the
2: adaptation that has been made by Takashi Mika of Yakuza.
3: I haven't seen it. Oh, that's no. right.
2: Yeah, I forgot he did that. It's, oh, that's cool. That's that's a, this is a movie that needs to be remade. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a, it's a great choice for that, because it came out in 2007, and I think they kind of need to update it a little bit. Like this, the series has changed a bit, so I think a reboot would work wonders. Yeah. Hmm. I like that Definitely.
0: all right uh, I, I guess my, my last pick is I, I've talked about this before I, I wish that Xenogears would be remade I think specifically mm. like Netflix did a great job as uh, making Castlevania I really enjoyed that show it's um, kind of starts with Castlevania and then it kind of grows out from there but it's it's good I guess, anime. I don't know if you're going to... It's good animation. Um, it's a good animated show. I, I would love to see like Xenogears or In or any of these like PS1 games that had these really robust arcane stories that like you don't see in JRPGs anymore that were like philosophical and weird and uh, any of those turned into some kind of show like that that really was faithful to the plot it would be awesome for me. That
3: could be cool.
0: The Xenogears
3: movie could be good. Like
0: an yeah. anime movie, right? Well, so there, there is a there is a, a, a manga for it. It's oh, like literally, Xenogears is the second book of eight.
3: <laughs> Wait, w- was that before the game or after?
0: I believe it was concurrent. I'm not exactly sure. I think it okay. was either before or 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 at the same time. Um, but it's never been translated to English. You can find like an English translation, uh, and then it's I don't know. But I'd love to just see. I actually. Really would love to see somebody like reboot that that narrative as some sort of like prestige TV show that that like isn't it isn't called Xenogears. Nobody knows it's Xenogears until like they've seen set. They're like, oh my god, that's what this is. That would be like crazy. Uh that would be oh, well, cool. I, I can dream. Uh,
3: <laughs> you guys have any other options here? Not uh, trading. My last yeah. one, which was a troll one, was uh, Death Stranding by Hideo Kojima. <laughs> because, uh, if he made it into a movie, like who could do it better than him? And he could do it. <laughs> so, yeah. Like,
1: I, I feel yeah. like Hideo Kojima should just make a movie because I just want to yeah. see how that would look like. Yeah. Even if it's like for some reason terrible, I think it would be fascinating in its terribleness. But uh, ambitious be, at least. Yeah, yeah.
0: 10 hours long and lots of people talking to each <laughs> other uh, through text messages. But.
1: <laughs> like like it will just be like inception overload like there'll just be a character where it's like uh explain the guns of the patriots and it's like okay let, let me monologue for 10 minutes about what guns of the Patriots. and then it's 60
0: minutes uh
1: <laughs> yeah uh no i i would love to i'm surprised he hasn't
0: made like even a short film or something i mean i guess he did make all of those death, death stranding, stranding trailers yeah trailers which are absolutely short films yeah um that that were pretty pretty awesome so yeah, yeah. Hmm. that's a start
1: i i i got one more that's like a curveball what about uh braid the indie game braid Ooh. but as like a storybook like a mm. children's storybook like mm. i think that so not a movie a storybook i think I that was interesting
3: by, by robert zemeckis for some reason <laughs> no
1: and <laughs> that's, that's the curse <laughs> version no, that that would be the yeah I don't want Forrest Gump braid. Are you me? Like, no, I don't want uh, that. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, I think that would be neat if if someone did like a pop up storybook with braid. I think that would be a cool idea.
0: That could be cool. Um, that would be. Good. Although I'd rather see uh, Jonathan Blow's other game, The Witness. You know, make that into an audio book, right? Hmm. <laughs> makes no sense uh all right guys we we have come to our eponymous segment where we uh we give our recommendation for the week right nick were you were you briefed that you to bring a a rec
2: yes yes i do i do okay all right because i have watching a lot of movies uh, playing a lot of games but i've also gotten back into reading quite a lot primarily for the podcast but but also like you know just it's good sometimes for me to just kind of detach myself from the screens and actually pick up a book, (laughs) especially while commuting, it's a great way to kind of, you know, chill, it's either podcasting, right, listening to podcasts or reading something, and Mm -hmm. I literally, like yesterday, finished reading Blonde by Joyce Carol Oates, I started it because Mm -hmm. of the uh, upcoming release adaptation by Andrew Dominic with uh, Ana de Armas, the Netflix movie, and so I was like, let's let's read this book. And it's like 1,100 pages long, <laughs> one of the longest books I've read. <laughs> it's beefy. It took me like over a month to read it. But it was worth it, like really, really worth it. As someone who wasn't particularly familiar with Marilyn Monroe, this takes, on well, surface level, it is a fictional retelling of her story. But as mm-hmm. I was reading this, Uh, Which is very fascinating, like it goes from chapters that last like three or four pages to ones that are like 70 or 80 pages long, changing styles, changing type of narration, Uh, sometimes you're reading letters, poems that she wrote, Uh, it becomes like a making off of some of the movies, and it's very deeply psychological and it's disturbing, it's poetic, it's lyrical, there's so much into this, it's incredibly dense. And as I was reading it, I was just reading up on her actual life and I was shocked by how much actually happened to the point that like the primary changes are just people's names to not get sued. <laughs> so it's like, mm-hmm. oh, she was married to Jody Maggio, but in the novel, it's always called like the ex-athlete. He never has a name. He's always the ex-athlete. It's always the president. We don't say his name. So it's it's very, like, I'm very excited to see the movie once it comes out, but just, I I went into it scared. I was like, is it going to hold my attention over the span of at least a month for such a long length? And it did. It's genuinely probably the best novel I've read this year, so it's a high, high recommendation for me.
0: Awesome. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, that
3: sounds great. Cool. Uh, Kevin? Well, I,
1: I, Oh, yeah. Go ahead, Kevin. Sorry. <laughs> uh,
3: my recommendation is uh, DJ Doug Pound's YouTube channel. Um, DJ Doug Pound is... Uh, guy who okay well he's the guy who edited all of tim and eric's awesome show great job and he also edited uh, eric andre's show but before yeah. that he worked huh. with eric fensler on the gi joe psa's that came oh, out yeah forever ago um he even voiced some of the characters on them um like in the one the carnival one where there's a guy who comes up, he's like hey who's that weird dude you're talking to bro that's uh that's dj doug pound so he has a <laughs> youtube channel where he makes a bunch of skits and they're all they're all pretty incredible. I, they make me laugh like every single one of them. He has one where he's selling a bowl, and it's just like him selling a bowl, and I find the video to be <laughs> hilarious. Like, <laughs> it cracks me up. Like, just him like detailing the, the details of the bowl and all these things. So, uh, I recommend uh, his uh, YouTube channel. It's quite funny. Um, uh, I think he's kind of, like, honestly, a massive, huge influence on, like, a lot of, like, almost every YouTube video is edited in his style now. Like, he's, I think he's really... <laughs> Uh, his style has become very prolific and and stuff, with it, but not really attributed to him that much. I think he's like a was a really influential. Cause like Tim and Eric's editing style is like in so many things, you know. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the humor yeah. comes from the way it's edited. So I think he's kind of like the secret third uh, guy from that from that show that wasn't really mentioned enough. So check out his YouTube channels; they're, they're funny skits.
2: Looking forward to this. I, l- I love Tim and Eric and Eric Andre, so I'm, this is right up oh, my yeah. alley.
3: you'll like it. Then you'll definitely yeah. like it. I know what I'm directly. doing after this. <laughs> Listen to the song Beans and Rice. It's very catchy. I like every time I eat beans and rice I always think of the song and sing it now every single time.
1: While you're at it, check out Vic Burger's YouTube channel. Yeah, Vic, Vic Burger. Yeah, I,
3: I bet you I bet you he like they work they work together. I would not be surprised. Mm. Vic, have you seen Vic Berger's videos on the uh, on uh, God, the family feud guy? What's his name? He doesn't want
1: <laughs> No, yeah, Steve Harvey. <laughs> Those Steve are Harvey. so great. Steve Hardly, Harvey, that's a cookie
3: duster. He's like, what? He's like, those that's so a cookie funny. dust.
1: I like, I, li- I like how he re-edits the video to make him look like he's having an existential crisis. Yes, that's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, yeah. that's great. <clears throat> well, um, my personal rec, I'm actually doing a last minute change to my personal rec. So ignore the show notes. But What? Um, what? Yeah. Yeah, or, I don't know what to go. do.
0: I, or, or I'm very confused. I'm very confused.
1: Oh no, you're like an ant and someone dropped a leaf in front of you. Oh no. what are you gonna do, Aaron? But anyway, um, I have been watching this show called The Harley Quinn Show, you know, Joker's Girlfriend on HBO Max. and it's a really fun show, but um, there's this one episode that dropped yesterday or two days ago that is one of the is like the funniest half hour of animated television I've seen in a long time. <laughs> It was like basically, you know how the Joker has kind of turned into like an incel symbol. Like it's just like the, people are just like, ah, oh, the Joker. He like represents me, the oppressed white man, sort of thing. Like hmm. he's kind of turned into that symbol a little bit uh, for disaffected young men. From the movie, well, from the Joker. Movie. Well, in this in this episode of the Harley Quinn show they do a bottle episode where they rewrite the Joker is like the nicest guy in the world. So he's like, he's just the Joker, but he has like this, like nice family. And, and it's like, he's like a nice guy and he decides to like run for mayor. And he, he like runs for mayor as a socialist. He's like, he's like robbing a bank. And it's like, why are you robbing the bank? It's like, because I want to redistribute to the poor and then give everyone universal health care and, and solve and, and do education reform and like Jim Gordon is like oh my gosh this is so horrible and then like Gordon's daughter is just like I don't know dad like he's really offering great policies for everybody like <laughs> universal health care I, I think I'm gonna vote for him so it was just like a really inspired uh, rewriting of the Joker where they just make him into like the coolest guy in the world. <laughs> And <laughs> the nicest guy in the world. So I, 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 and and here's the thing: the Harley Quinn show has episodes like that, like where like they rewrote um, Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy into like a cute lesbian couple, and they're really fun together. And it's just they subvert a lot of the tropes you associate with uh, superheroes in a way that's really fun and meaningful. So I, I highly recommend the Harley Quinn show. Hmm.
3: Cool. Impressed how popular right. she's become as a character. For just, Since she was from the animated series, she wasn't even a comic character originally. She's become like no. one of the yeah. biggest DC like stars. I remember. Oh. Blame Margot well, Robbie? It's... No,
1: well, I think it's before of, that, too. Yeah, Margot Robbie. Margot I Robbie, I think, yeah. changed it. Yeah.
2: It's way more mainstream now.
3: Yeah.
1: Well, it's funny because, like, I don't know. It's kind of hard to relate to a character like Batman now because he's literally just like this rich dude <laughs> who is beating up lo- like small-time criminals and it's kind of hard to relate to that, that in our current cultural landscape so instead this is they they focus the story on Harley Quinn and po- Poison Ivy and they're just kind of like fun anti-heroes um, and it, it's, a, it's a really it's a really fun show uh, it's one yeah. of the few comic book things that I think is actually worth watching.
0: Mm. All right. Sounds good. I dig it. Uh, My rec, which I have, we have talked about years ago. uh, Westworld just uh, (laughs) concluded its fourth season. And because of the changes at Warner Brothers, right? Warner Brothers has become Warner Brothers Discovery. And uh, we actually got some insight into why they removed a bunch of shows from their... Original content from their streaming service. I guess they they claim they want to keep things, you know clean They want to keep a clean orderly interface and they felt like that was distracting. I don't know It sounds like some bullshit to me, but in any case Westworld was planned to be a five uh, season show It may actually not get another season may not get renewed Westworld is a show that I have a complicated relationship with because it's it's as much as it is good it's bad. Like it's a show <laughs> with like high peaks and low valleys. But it has always been like the most philosophical show or, you know, one of the most, I guess, we'll say philosophy 101 shows on TV. But it's asking interesting questions. Some of the questions have been asked and answered by smarter people and, and better works of art. Um, but I enjoyed it. I think the first season is, is really quite, quite good and worth watching. Second, third season not so great. Fourth season had some wobbly moments, but I I don't know. I keep coming back to this show despite having some some issues with it, in, in, with despite it being kind of stupid at points, uh, because I think it's it is doing some interesting things and, and like making me chew on some interesting questions. So I recommend, with major caveats, Westworld season four. I recommend without any caveats, Westworld season one. You could watch that as a as a isolated season, and I think it's it's, it's a good watch.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I was. Oh, go ahead. No, I. I was. Just, I. I actually remember watching the first season and loving it. I was like with a friend. We were. We were going through it week by week, talking about. It. I was like, man, this season was great. It kind of could have stopped here, but I'm excited to see where it goes. I, I've rarely hated a TV show more than Westworld season two. Like I had <laughs> so many problems with that. So I haven't checked yeah. this out, and you're honestly the only. Like I think the second person that I know of that has seen season three and four. Like I don't know anyone else who's seen them. It's like, I, I'm so. This is kind of making me want to go back. Maybe, I I understand the frustration that you were mentioning with this show. But yeah, yeah, I give it another shot. I guess.
0: It, it's it's kind of the last show that came out of HBO's you know period mm. of big prestige high budget shows. You know, going stretching from I guess like Oz and Sopranos to like Game of Thrones and Westworld. Yeah. And uh and now that hbo is a fundamentally different creature right with different people working and making different things it'll be interesting to see if it survives like i do think that first season west world was was like it was asking kind of tired questions about identity and um consciousness but asking interesting questions about human nature and video games like it's always it's a show that's like really so intertwined with video games when you when you see the show creators they will like directly reference you know like Red Dead Redemption and stuff and there's definitely like a Dark Souls thing going on a little bit that I hate to hate (laughs) hate to invoke that but in the fourth season uh I don't know if you should go back and watch all of them or not I almost feel like you could third season has some good moments the second season is pretty bad I think just for most people watch the first season it's it's and it just let it end where it ends and I think it's a real perfect note and that for that first season is just is is good. It's entertaining. Uh,
1: I I loved yeah I loved the first season of Westworld. Like that was that's like one of my favorite seasons of TV ever. Mm-hmm. And uh, season two is so funny because like, what what would always happen in season two is the characters would be in a bind, and the answer to every one of those scenarios would just be to kill everybody. Yeah. It's like. Like, like, oh no, we're we have an issue. Like, oh, how are we gonna get ourselves out of this situation? <laughs> <laughs> Just like that was like every scene. I'm like, what
2: kind of creativity is that? <laughs> so bad. Was it the well, was strong as well with some characters? Was it a worse? Like, uh,
3: sorry, continue.
2: Yeah, no, like yeah, so I remember characters getting shot like twenty times and still surviving. Uh, yeah. Others they get shot in the shoulder and they die instantly. It was like ah, they don't even try. Yeah. It was pretty
1: lazy, but maybe it, I'll stick with it. We'll see. Was um, the drop in
3: quality right, worse than True Detective from season one to two? I think
0: comparable. Uh, like, Oof. like it's, it's, it's hard to say. I guess I didn't finish True Detective season two, but I thought season three of True Detective was pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah. T- I don't know. So the first season is is really good. The second season doesn't really have the payoff, and there's a lot of stupid moments. The third season, if I recall correctly, was decent, um, but like is kind of a paradigm shift for the show. And then the fourth season had some good moments. I think people generally like the fourth season, like, but I don't think that many people are watching it anymore. Mm. Um, but it, and then it ended in a way that could be could be a satisfying ending to the show or could be the setup for the final season. Like it, okay. they, they clearly saw the changing winds at HBO and were like, all right, we better make sure we end this in a way that if, if we don't get another season, this, this ending satisfies well enough. Uh, so... <laughs> If you really love it, watch it all. But if you haven't seen it, oh my God, the first season is great.
1: I also felt that way with uh, Legion. Mm. Uh, Legion like, had an amazing first season that you could just watch as its own season. And then mm. season two just kind of meanders and just it just kind of dies and fizzles out. <laughs> yeah. <You laughs> Som- know- sometimes things should just be one season. It should just do a mini series. Like right? you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, I hate to say this, but I feel the same way about Mr. Robot. The first season of Mr. Robot is just like, bam, like concentrated, like, whoa, this is so good. It doesn't drop off nearly as bad as, as, bad as Westworld, but it's, I think if you just watch the first season, you would, you would have a pretty complete experience.
1: Fargo is another one like that. First two mm-hmm. seasons of Fargo, top tier, and then it kind of just fizzles out. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, you should have just done a two season show, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's all about the money. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: All right. Well, Nick, thanks for joining us.
2: Thank you for Great having me. You. This was fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Uh, where can people find you? Where, 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 they like- can
2: find me on Twitter and Instagram at Grant 97 There I have my link tree, link tree forward slash enjoy the movies with links to my YouTube videos, short films, portfolio, the Anka James podcast, Adaptation, everything everything (laughs) you can follow me there
0: awesome i'll I'll put the link in the show notes and uh yeah go check out this podcast and youtube channel and all that hit every link on the link tree right
2: (laughs) up the engagement
0: yeah awesome uh (laughs) all right guys thank you all for showing up today it's been fun hanging and uh i think i think that's gonna be it oren we did it in under two hours do you feel do you feel good Mm -hmm. i feel good
1: I feel good. I feel good. Okay. All right. All
0: right, guys. Later on. Oh, whoa. Madden. Madden. Sorry. Sorry. Madden. We love you. We love you. We love you, Madden. All right. (laughs) Bye-bye.